the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Tottenham Hotspur. Now, here are your hosts. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam. Joining me today, my co-host, my partner in crime, it's the super sub, it's Stefan. Hello, hello. We are into a new year and I'm still here. <laughs> I don't like that. You, you sound almost surprised. <laughs> well, I never know, you know, the Christmas break and everything. I never know if I'm going to get invited back or not, you know. That is true because... It's, it's actually funny you say that because I actually had an idea for um, social media content and it involved that Amazon documentary. And as I was <laughs> and as I was looking at it and coming up with the idea and the concept, I suddenly got really angry again. <laughs> so you're right. Yeah, you very nearly didn't get invited back. It was close. It was close. Just, it was. Um... Just in case we have any new listeners who don't understand the Amazon thing, do you want to, do you want to explain it? Or <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed without my beep machine. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, that's fair, actually. If we do have some new listeners, maybe I should explain this. So uh, this podcast, typically uh, me and Matt, um, Stefan steps in on a regular basis. He's a fellow Spurs fan and a fellow podcaster of me. Me and Stefan have our show called the Stuff and Thangs podcast, which is a show all about entertainment, movies, TV shows, and stuff like that. So we know each other. We're both Spurs fans. So, yeah, he steps in. During the time of Jose Mourinho, Amazon were making a documentary at Spurs, and we were approached as a podcast, along with many other Tottenham podcasts and YouTubers, etc., to contribute. They wanted to use some of our audio as part of the documentary. They gave us a massive list of all these different things, um, agreed with us, uh, you know, sort of what they do. Um, I, I was over the moon, absolutely excited that my voice potentially would be on a documentary about my beloved Tottenham. Matt, the co-host, who, I mean, out of 223 shows, this is episode 223, my voice has probably been on about 220 of them. Yeah, um, Matt's probably uh, 200, probably. Um, and they picked one clip from all of the ones, and it was Stefan's voice. Yeah, I was on two shows that entire season. Yep, and they picked one with him and his snippet. And I sat down to watch the Amazon documentary Waiting waiting for my moment, waiting for the glory, waiting for the, the incredible feeling that it would have been hearing my dulcet pirate farmer tones. But I think that's what it was. I, th- I think they listened to the clips of the audio um, and they heard me and went, well, he doesn't sound like a Spurs fan. Um, and, and, yeah. The best bit is, is the fact that of all the Spurs knowledge and discussions that we have had yeah, and all the great things that you and Matt have spoken about, yeah. The line clip that they used was me saying, I've never lived through anything like this before. No, no, it's true. And it wasn't even linked to anything Tottenham at all. I was no. like, oh, okay. So, so yeah, so there is there is an inbuilt hatred towards Stefan, the limelight stealer, the, you know. I, I like to think of myself that. as the, you know, the Pochettino of the podcast. I used to be well loved, but now I've turned it sour. 
Pochettino. That sounds familiar. Is that a type it was of the, yogurt? Um, it was the assistant manager to Eric Lamella when the Argentine... Must have been, yeah. 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 I, I seem to remember a time where Lamella was player-manager for a few years. That's it. Yeah, he must have been one of the coaches or something. Yeah. Oh, hopefully. He, he was a Pochettino. He was a sports scientist, wasn't he? Yeah, hopefully he found Jesus. He was sat next to him. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so anyway, that, so that's a long-rambled explanation to kick off the show, so any new listeners get that. For existing listeners, that was a recap of why we don't like Stefan. Yes. So, hello everybody, this is the latest episode of the Spurs News Podcast, like I said, it is episode 223. Um, someone asked me um, how we name the shows, and I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you always put like a name, a title for it and everything, do you, do you have that laid out? And to be quite honest with you, no. Typically what happens is, is we record, I will say something stupid during the show, which I think, oh, that was dumb. And then I'll name the show after it. <laughs> so yeah, um, sometimes it's pretty boring. Like I think the last one was called Two Signings Already," like in kind of shock. And I think that was just because I was shocked, and that needed to be said. Like seriously, we've made two signings already. This is mental. Like it's the seventeenth um, of January as we record this, and we have two signings done. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's very odd. It's very, very strange. Um, and so, uh, but a lot of the time it's typically something stupid. One of us have said me, Matt, you, someone, and I think, ah, oh, that'd be funny for the title. Yeah. So as I'm saying this right now, it's episode two, two, three. I have no idea what we're going to call it. Um, but by the end you'll all know cause it'd be written on your podcast description. <laughs> so <laughs> listen out, maybe you'll spot the moment during the show where I think to myself, ha, that'll do. <laughs> There's the moment, yeah. There was the moment. Um, so I've got a little bit of a running order for us to go through. Opening up with the Manchester United game, uh, we went to Old Trafford, we drew 2-2. Uh, possibly because of my age, I still have that kind of, oh, it's away at Man United, we're going to get spanked um, kind of thing in the back of my head. Um, obviously, the world's very different now. Yeah, Man United are not the team they once were. No, no, they're not. Um, I think one of the things that is interesting to me is about... um, I've watched Man United a few times this season, and they were better against us than I've seen them a lot in a lot, but we still completely dominated them. Um, Yep. Their two goals, I think you can look at and say... If our defence wasn't quite as rusty, I, I think Romero and Van der Ven, excellent, and it's so good to have them back. I think both goals had a little bit of hint of not quite tight enough, not do you know what I mean? Like not quite closed yeah. down enough. Yeah. Just that slight half yard off, which I think given both of their injuries you can kind of accept. Also, I've seen that Hoyland hit shots like that um, into Rosette more than he hits the back of the net. Oh, yes. Do we, do we agree that that opening goal, there's nothing Vicario can do with that? No, that that's past him before you have time to yeah. react. Like, that yeah. is a rocket. That was that was insane. Because um, I saw, <laughs> again, uh, social media is hilarious, really. But, like, that goal went in, and I just saw loads of people tweet, like, oh, keeper's got to be doing better there. And I, I thought to myself... Oh, maybe maybe I've missing that. You know, maybe he was yeah. stood right there and it went through his hands. I don't know. 
And then I look, watched it back, and I'm like, no way. <laughs> like, if he got anything on that, I think we'd have literally had a phone call from Real Madrid later in the game saying, we will give you $150 million for him now. <laughs> Once his wrists have repaired. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> if he put his hands in the way of that, I think they might have snapped. It was... Sometimes you just got to look at that and go, yeah, okay, there's not a lot you can do about that. The, the striker um, has literally put everything he's got into that shot. Yeah. If that's yeah. hitting someone, they're going in the net as well, <laughs> sort of thing, yeah. Like like a cartoon, <laughs> yeah. like a hole in the net. Um, so yeah, so that, so that was that was kind of a, a worse start than you can imagine. But the one thing that kind of amused me is it was the, like, well, the last time we went to Old Trafford and conceded an early goal, we won 6-1. Which of oh, course was, yes. you know, was during the the COVID uh, empty stadium. So I, mean, I wasn't even expecting Don Belle scored that day, didn't they? Jeez, yeah. Well, he did. That was a great I, moment. I, yeah, I think someone rang the dinner bell and he kind of fell and and was excited, and the yeah. ball just went in off him. Um, God, that guy. Anyway, There's we'll, we'll circle. Yeah, yeah we'll <laughs> circle back. Do you know what? I, I don't think I'd care so much if he wasn't clearly talented. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yep. if we signed this waste of space, he was crap, and I'd kind of go, oh, just get shot. But you look at all the talent that guy's got, all the ability in the world, and his sort of, yay, I'm making great money. I can go out every night. <laughs> it's like, yes. no. Yeah, it's awful, isn't it? It's... You know, he's living the dream of millions. And yeah. Pissing it up against the wall. But anyway. Couldn't care um, less, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's what annoys me. <laughs> it's like, uh, but then, you know, like someone said the other day, which did make me laugh, is like everyone's like in Turkey was going mental because he had this big thing about his weight and then he's pictured in McDonald's. Yeah. And I did kind of think to myself, do you know what? That's the sort of thing I'd do. <laughs> like, yeah. Every, everyone's, had a, everyone's had a go at him. It's like, oh, everyone's calling me fat. I need a burger to cheer myself up. <laughs> I want 20 chicken nuggets yeah. and two quarter pounders. Yeah. 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 And, and uh, yeah, a barbecue dip. Oh, my God, my life's crap. Yeah. But anyway, uh, enough of that. That's a tangent. There, there you go. That's <laughs> the name of the podcast, you know, 20 Chicken Dippers. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> I'm going to keep doing that for right. All the options we have. <laughs> Anyone just look at the title of the podcast and be what the fuck? Um, yeah. So so that their goal, uh, that's just one of them where, yeah, I think if everyone's a bit sharper, early, more switched on, possibly could have got a block, uh, possibly could have closed it down better. And I think that's the sort of thing that will be looked at. I think Matt Wells, he works with the defenders, will be looking at that going, look, guys, you know. I saw some of the analysis, and I'd love to get your take on this, where they were saying that QT Romero could have blocked it if he wasn't so focused on keeping his arms behind his back. Love your view on that, because uh, yeah, it is such a... In the game now... I can completely understand why defenders are anxious about trying to keep their arms out of the way. Yeah. Because because like you look at like someone's natural movement as you're running, your arms go all over the place. And then you're down to a referee's interpretation of, oh, was his arm moving there because of his momentum? Did he move it there to block the ball? Do you know what I mean? You give them a choice to make then. Whereas if you wrap them behind your back... But it's true, he wasn't able to quite position himself because of that. What do you think? Because, I mean, defending and everything, I know there's a nightmare for everything, but I don't, 
I can't see that. I don't see how you can be critical of him at that, but at the same time, sort of just accept it as part of the game. I, I don't know. What What do you think? I find it. This is one of those things now that it annoys me, and I understand at the same time. Yeah. It, it annoys me that the game has now got to a stance that defenders, the first thing they think of isn't where's the ball going to go? How can I block it? The first mm. thing they have to now think of is, oh, are my arms in my silhouette or out the way? Yeah. Yeah. And that really frustrates me because that's taken away a lot of it. Yeah. Um, but to be critical of Romero because he's not going to give away a penalty for handball, I think that's yeah. a bit harsh. Yeah, because, uh, it's, uh, again, it's like there's a big let's discussion say, about it. Yeah, let's say he does. He slides across. Yeah, He slides up. himself across in front of him. The arms are in the natural position of where you're sliding. Yeah. And the ball goes over the slide, hits his hand. Well, all of a sudden, that's now a penalty, a yellow card, and he's on a tightrope for yeah, the rest of the game mental, yeah. from, like, what, the fifth minute? Yeah, you know? was, and yeah three minutes in. Yeah, so all of a sudden you're kind of like, yeah, fair enough. I understand why he's got his hands behind his back completely because you just can't, you can't do it. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a weird thing, and as like um, I, I saw someone, and again, this is this is going to like an insane degree, but to try and make the point, they're like, at what point will clubs look at amputee defenders? <laughs> like, wow, great players, but have got no arms. And and I, I kind of looked at that. Me. Well, I obviously didn't. Well, I, yeah. I kind of I kind of looked at that and kind of like did this kind of like <laughs> stupid. But then you think about it; they're literally tucking their arms. At, you know, it's like oh, to be a defender now, I need detachable arms. Like oh, quick, drop the arms. It's, yeah. I I the the person's saying it tongue in cheek. Of course they are, but you kind of look at it and you go, it is a bit it is a bit weird. Like, but I know there is a judgment call there because what the defenders are trying to avoid is giving them that decision to make. Yeah. You know, if it hits my arm, they've then got a decision. Did I move my arm towards it or was it natural? Whereas if it doesn't hit my arm, we, there, there's no decision. You know, it's, it's fine. Yeah. Um, I, I, it, is a, it is a fraction of a second judgment call, you know, that you have to make in that. But you think how hard that guy hit it from that sort of range. I'd like to think that if that did hit an arm, you'd say, well, no, that's ball to hand because <laughs> well, there's you no way. Yeah. yeah, you're not getting out of the way of that. If uh, a goalkeeper but, can't move his hands fast enough to get in the way of it, we, we are a couple of yards back. Yeah, exactly. out the way. Yeah. yeah, but but it's it's an interesting thing, and I, I'd love, um, you know, we got a lot of listeners to this show. Get in touch with us. Let us know what you think about that because that is a is a weird thing for me. It is just like a kind of an odd thing that's in football that's just kind of accepted now. That's what happens. Um, but the way the way you, you what you're trying to do is minimise giving the referee a decision to make, aren't you? So. I can completely understand it, but it is just a little bit odd. Yeah. Um, so we went 1-0 down. Um, I then felt that the way the game went was we just started dominating. Um, we dominated possession of the ball. Um, I don't know about you, but it actually really surprised me just how dominant our midfield was when you consider that that is quite literally our second with one of the players possibly being deemed third choice. So what what do yeah. you think about the pattern of the game after that and then our midfield in general for the whole game? Um, I actually think our midfield did really well. Yeah. 
They they were solid. They were compact. I think Skippy had one of his best games in quite a while. Yeah. He was everywhere. I, I know that, you know, Harry Winks has left and now Sanchez and Dyer have left. So the, the fan base have to find their next scapegoat. And unfortunately, it does appear to be Oliver Skip with a lot of people seems to be the latest, the scapegoat of he's not good enough, needs to leave, all that sort of thing. Yeah. But I I think he's a great player. He loves the club. I understand fully that loving the club doesn't mean you're good enough to play for the club. Yeah. But yeah, I do true. believe that loving the club helps you put in an extra 10%. I, I'm told that every time I show up for a trial with my boots. Go yeah. home. <laughs> but You're I love 41 the club. now. <laughs> yeah. I love the club. I can play. Yeah. 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 Um, um, but yeah. I, I do think it actually helps you play a bit better for the club because you have that that affection for the shirt. Yeah. Um, but taking that away from it, I think he had a really good game. Um, I, I think he did. Uh, I think he showed... See, the thing is, is he, he is a player that has got all of this ability... And one of the things I've been really curious about with him is, uh, me and you had this good discussion about this the other day, is that Ange likes to have these three midfielders playing three different roles. Yes. Um, uh, uh, and he, he numbers them when he says this, a six, an eight, and a ten. Um, so from our point of view, that's a defensive midfielder, a box-to-box midfielder, and then an attacking creative midfielder. Yep. But he's six and eight and a ten. So we're we're gonna stick to his six, eight, ten yeah. scenario. For the football manager lovers just, out just, there, that's yeah, a ball yeah. winner, a box to box and an yeah. advanced playmaker. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. you go, yeah. Um and historically in England a six would be a central defender and a four would be that. But anyway, let's shake that off. <laughs> yeah, because so, uh, yeah. Right, so for Anne, she says a six and eight and a ten. Yep. Oliver Skip is is a six. He his career and everything I've seen him from the Academy when he went on loan at Norwich and he had that great loan and everything, he is a player that you would say takes the ball off of the opposition and gives it to his players. Stops yep. those that can play and gives it to those that can on his team. He is not... It, it, see, this is it. In my mind, he is not a box-to-box player. And every time Ange has played him at any point this season, that's how he's played. Yeah. And so for me, I'm kind of like, well, he's a little bit... Fish out of water. He, he's playing a role that isn't one that he's ever played before, you know. And, and I've watched this kid since he was 16 because he started playing for the under 18s at 15. And yes. like everyone was raving about him. And, he, you know, by the time he was 17, he was playing for the under 21s and bossing it. And it was like he's the youngest player. <laughs> and he, yep. is, he is there. So <clears throat> I've followed him for a long time, exactly doing what he does, he just breaks up play. He's like this lovely, unassuming kid. You see him around, you wouldn't think anything of him. On the football pitch, he, he's he's a bit animal. <laughs> he goes yeah. in, he, you know, he will snap you and have this little innocent face. Like, what? <laughs> it's like baby face. Like, what? Yeah. Um, but that's him, baby faced assassin. Um, that'd be a good name for the podcast. Anyway, <laughs> um, so he he is he's very good. And, uh, and I will admit on this podcast, and I will say to everybody... Probably because I've followed him for this long, I am a little bit biased. I, I do try and caveat that because I, yeah. I do look to him and I do look to the positives from him rather than perhaps seeing all the negatives. So if you're listening and you think I'm being a bit blind in one, I'd, I'll admit it, I probably am. I um, we're both guilty of that with Oliver Skip, though, aren't we, to be fair? Yeah, quite possibly. I'd, I'd, I'd like to think... See, here's the thing. I'd like to think more Tottenham fans would be. 
And and see, this comes back to this conversation I had a long, long time ago with legend Mickey Hazard, yep. which is fans, another word for fans is supporter. So you have a fan of a club and you are a supporter of the team. Think about that word, support. Everyone sort of talks about it like, oh, you know, I've got my right to say what I want. And of course you have. Everyone's got their rights for opinions. But you, like, I, I saw this thing the other day, and it was this big thing on Twitter. Yep. Brennan Johnson was getting reamed out for his performance. Oliver Skip was getting scapegoated, like you said, which was just bizarre because it was his, probably his best game for us. Yep. And then a lot of people were firing back about it. And then a lot of these kind of big accounts who were being quite vocal and slating them then return with, like, what's the problem? It's not like any of them ever read this stuff. Why does it matter? Social media. Da, but da, da. they do. Yeah. yeah. Now, here's the thing. I know for a fact they do. And everyone who pays any attention to football should know that as well. There was a time when Danny Rose signed a five-year contract and got so destroyed by our own fan base, he deleted his social media. Yep. This is someone who, over the years for us, then went on to be probably the best left back in Europe. But our own fans slated him. And when he wanted to leave and he was sort of trying to push for a move and everyone was just kind of, oh, no, Danny, don't lose. Loyalty works both ways. Yep. If you're a supporter of the team, support the players. You know, and and, I, and again, you look at it now. Um, Richarlison's a great example. Hmm. Richarlison <laughs> has had to admit publicly that he was yeah. suffering with his mental health yeah. he had an injury which just wouldn't clear up wouldn't go he was in constant pain and because of that he felt that he couldn't do couldn't play and he really suffered and the amount of abuse he was getting from our own fan base add to that you know fellow professionals on podcasts you know absolute dickheads he had to get he had to see a psychiatrist yeah the club supported him Sonny, he, he talks about how great Sonny was helping him and insisting that he does it and insisting he gets the surgery now, like, don't wait, you know, get it done now. Yeah, miss miss a couple of weeks now, but have the surgery and, and, and be there for the better. second half. Yeah, and, don't and do it, what I did last season. Yeah, And he had that surgery. He's now scored six and six. Yep. Um, this season in the league, it's seven goals, three assists, so that's ten goal contributions in twenty games. That's that's one in one in two. That's that that's, is what you good. want from your striker. Well, it's, yeah. it's what you want from the forward and players. You think about Sonny. Well. Sonny's slightly over that this season. Yeah, he's doing one in two. We need Johnson and or Kulisevsky and or Werner, someone to do that as well. Yeah, and all of a sudden you've got 30, 40 goals from your front three a season. You know, all contributing, and and that's yeah. how Ange wants to play. Now, I, I want to circle back a little bit to this about the fans and and the academy because what yeah. I don't understand is why the fans are more are, are so keen to just dismiss it. Like Harry Winks was a very tidy player for us, who then started getting played out of position all over the place. Confidence got shot, and then everyone turned on him, and lo and behold. He could never get back. He can never sort yeah. himself out. Now, Skip, people are... I'm, I'm actually hearing the whole, oh, he just passes sideways bullshit. Oh, that is like the one thing that bugs me more than anything else. He, he can't he, pass forward. Did anyone else see that incredible ball that he did? That, to um, Werner. Timo yeah. should have scored, but unfortunately he didn't. But yeah. that ball was world class. Yeah. If someone if, like Messi or De Bruyne had done that yeah, pass, yeah, perfect. that's being yeah, replayed on TikTok everywhere. 
Yeah. I, I mean, thanks to me, it is being replayed on TikTok. Yes. <laughs> Look at this. Um, but yeah, it, it is insane. It is insane to me that people get this narrative and they it's um. People like to follow the crowd. So if it starts becoming a thing, like you see more and more people say it, you start to buy into it yourself. Like, oh, clearly that's the thing. But what I don't get is why people seem to want to do this to academy players. Yeah. Um, and I, again, I want your perspective on this because me and you play football manager of the game. Um, pick it up, put it down every now and again. We, we play it off and on. Yeah. But we, we, are, we, are, we are players of that game. And many people listening to this probably are as well. I have uh, more hours racked up on that game than I would like to admit to over the last 15 years. Yep. <laughs> yeah, don't ever do that math. No, um, I do. So, <laughs> so, no, 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 don't. <laughs> trust, trust me, that, 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 that leads to a very dark place. Um, oh, what could I have done with that time? Hmm, anyway. I'm up to like 1,800 hours on one of them. Yeah, it's, it's a yeah, long again, time. Again, let's, let's stop. Yeah. So, in that, there is a kind of and FIFA and games like that, you build your squad and you try and have all stars in every position and every squad place. Yep. In reality, with real life, real people and everything like that, that does not work. If you are a super club, and I'm gonna put super club and doing this in air quotes for Manchester City, right? Let's use them yep. as the English super club now. I think they are that. Yes. They have got a squad full of absolute world-class players who are all earning great money, and Pep Guardiola rotates on a regular basis. You know, you yep. will see that squad rotate on a regular basis. They are all getting game time. They're all buying into it, but most of all, they are all picking up trophies and medals every season. So everyone within that squad, I mean, the Scott Carson, the third-choice goalkeeper, everyone's laughing his balls off, but... I don't think he's Champions, year, but yeah. Champions League winner, world. Yeah. No, he must yeah. be there because he just won the World Cup. Oh well, there you the go. World he's Club he's Cup still, whatever, so yeah, he's still laughing his ass off all the way to the bank, earning like forty grand for sitting around and training every for training. Day. I mean, God, I'd love yeah. to earn forty grand a week just for training. Yes, it's it's, it's a life, and a third choice English goalkeeper has got to be the dream. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> oh, if if you're slightly lazy, oh, if only Undumbele had been an English goalkeeper, it would have suited him down the ground. At, at best, you're going to end up yeah. in Scotland for a season or two playing, and yeah, then you're going to come yeah. back to third choice. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. It's a good life. So, but but my point. Is, <laughs> sorry, I'm just making myself laugh now. Um, my point is that is you need to have players in your squad who are not so much accepting of I am a squad player, I am retaining, but more kind of I will come off the bench and give everything in that time that I have off of the bench. Yeah. I will step in when there's an injury and give everything for 90 minutes. I will make the person who has the shirt ahead of me feel pressured every single day in training because I will be the ultimate professional. I will train well. I will train hard. Yep. Finding those types of players in the modern game is not easy. If you can develop them through your academy, like you were saying earlier on, the affection for the club and everything, that is what you want. Because Oliver Skip will show up every single day at that club, give 100% in training. you only got to listen to the coaches talk about him to, to know that. Yeah. Another example of a player who does that in the Tottenham squad is Ben Davies. I was about now, to say Ben Davies, yeah. Now, I've talked a lot about... Uh, maybe it's time that we look to move Ben because of the system, because of everything like that. And then this year, even with all of the system changes, the style of football and everything that Ben has seen since he's been at the club, all the different coaches, all the different styles and everything, 
he has always been someone who will just step in, be professional, and do and work to the best of his ability. And let's be honest, when we were missing our centre backs and stuff, and he was yeah. playing there, Massively I don't think he had a good up. game. I don't think he had a bad game. I was about to say that went that went in a different direction. I don't think he even kicked the ball properly. He's shite. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like wow, a step on my moment. Um, but my point is, you need those players. They need to yep. be consummate professionals. They need to be good squad men, where they're not causing trouble. They're not. They're not everything like that. And they are there, and they are available. And you can rotate. You can move these players in and out, and you can rely on them. Yeah, because there are too many players that you can you can't rely on them. I'll give you an example of a player that I personally want to see moved on. That's Pierre Emile Hoybier. I thought he was excellent under Jose in Jose's system. I thought he started under Conte quite well, but fell away hard. Uh, I think perhaps off the field stuff with Conte perhaps contributed to that. He does not suit Angeball at all. He he is not an Angeball player, and I think he no. knows that. I think Ange knows that, and I think. A solution for all will be for him to move on. So saying all of that, what I will say is he has been an incredible professional. He hasn't gone off on international duty and bitched and moaned. He said, I'm part of this squad. I'm ready to come in if the manager needs me. Like I'm all I gotta do is focus on training, being fit, and contributing where I'm asked. You cannot ask more than that. That is kind of exactly what you want to hear. It is. It is perfect. And how many times do you see players go off? Oh, you know, you're not getting a lot of game time at the moment. Yeah, you know, I've got to look at my options. Or agent starts to leak stuff and, you know, yeah. management start to say things. All of a sudden, Sky Sports News, oh, Tottenham's training, you know, there's several players feel left out and you're like, oh, what the hell's going on? Man United's a great example of that. Man United's a squad all over the place. Total oh, disharmony. You've got players that they sign there for 90, 80 million quid sat around twiddling their thumbs and doing nothing but just causing chaos, basically. Because yeah. their egos are, I should be starting every day. They're not buying into the, I just need to keep myself ready and fit and be professional and then I'll get my chance. They're, they're kicking off. Yes. And when you have that in a squad, it's a problem. So, oh, massive, because you only need one <clears throat> player to start like that and then yeah. that then trickles on to the next guy that's yeah. on the bench. And yeah, you're right, why am I on the bench? So so going yeah. full circle back to my original point is I don't understand, therefore, why people are so quick to be shitty to a guy like Oliver Skip and say he's not good enough. Well, what's he not good enough for? He's not good enough to be a member of the squad? That's a nonsense. Yes, he is. Yep. He's not good enough to come on and help close games out in tight games? That's a nonsense. Yes, he is. Yep. He's not good enough to be... An option when there are injuries ahead of him because is he as good as Bentoncourt? No, he's not. Is he as good as Basuma? I'd probably say no, not in that role. Though with Basuma's form being what it was, maybe at the moment. Yeah. In the eight role, the box to box, is he as good as Sar? No, that's not his game. Is he going to be as good at creating stuff as Madison? No, that's not his game. Yeah. Is he going to score as many goals if you stick him up front as Kane did? No, <laughs> it's not his game. No. But you play him in the role, the, the the six, if you like, the defensive midfield, breaking up role of this team, and you play him consistently, then he will do well. But more importantly is if he is ever needed from the bench, from the squad, to step in for an injury, to come on if someone picks up an injury in the game or to start, he will do a job and be 100% committed. And if yep. only our fans could rationalise that in their brain and get their heads around it, 
Now, if Tottenham move on to win the league, the FA Cup, start winning the Champions League, competing for the World Club Cup, then yeah, maybe we could sign someone to sit on the bench and rotate who is also a world-class player. But right now, that's not us. No. <laughs> we are not Man City. And newsflash, when Man City first got all this money and started building their super team and everything... They didn't do anything up. for a year. Yeah. yeah, they cocked up. It was all over the place. And Pep Guardiola's first season with them, they they won nothing. They yeah. didn't do anything. They didn't achieve anything. They struggled because he needed certain players to fit his system, to fit his thing, and then and then he went out and spent because of course that's what Man City do. But they've just built from there. Yeah, they didn't they didn't start with this unbelievable squad, and Pep then just sort of made them even better. It was it, it had to be built. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day, and and, and Ange is building. And it's gonna. We all know it's gonna take a couple of transfer windows because yeah. you have to. At the moment, he's got a lot of round holes, and he's got a few round pegs. He's got a couple of yeah. square pegs. He's got a triangle yeah. peg, you know. And he yeah. needs to get the players that fit his system. He's got a dumbbelly whose four pegs taped together. Yeah, yeah. We don't <laughs> even know what shape that peg is anymore. Um, <laughs> Hey, he's playing at the moment, and Galatasaray want to just got to get through January. Just need him to be good through January, and then they've got him to the end of the season, no matter what. <laughs> Tough, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, get to the end of January, and they can't send him back. Do that's, you think that's, that's what, what he need. does? He's like the next Adibayor. Like just, he just, just plays, plays really, really well. well during the windows, mate. If he does that this winter, I'm fine with it. If yeah, he just like that's fine. I, I swear, right? I genuinely think if we get to the end of we get to the end of the season. And they're like, yeah, we're not taking up our option on him, have him back. Yeah. I genuinely think there must be a discussion within the club to go, do we just try and agree with him to end it? Like, do we just sort of say to him, you know, we'll we'll pay you off, just leave. Look, here's a Nando's black card, just go away. <laughs> like Could you imagine? <laughs> Like the headlines, Tango and Dembele's contract terminated by Tottenham. Now seen it, Nando. <laughs> yeah, pictured walking out of every restaurant in London, like thumbs up, like yeah, living my best life. Yeah. Oh, see, I, I hate him. Podcast when I respect name, him. Nando's <laughs> yeah. black card. Yeah. Oh God, maybe I could get him on the show. <laughs> Go on, Tango, tell your side of it. I'm just hungry. Yeah, we know. We know, buddy. We can know. it be for success? Can you be yeah. hungry for that <laughs> could instead? Be, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> could it be to improve? No. To, to oh, Literally hungry. Fair enough, dude. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, oh. Look, yeah, it's just what it is. But like I said, it, it, it's, something that, it's something that gets in my brain and I just can't understand it, why supporters do not support our players. Yeah. Like, we can all look at it and go, so-and-so's had a bad game today. Um, last Against Manchester United, I felt Johnson had a poor game. I felt he struggled in that game. Um, that doesn't mean I'm writing him off. It doesn't no. mean he ain't good enough. Doesn't mean uh, it just means, yeah. I, I <laughs> see. I get reminded of this quite a lot. I had concerns about him when we signed him. Yeah. And so I get I get this quite a lot. But it's like, no, I'm not writing him off. This is one is his first season with us. Two, you can see flashes of some real good ability there, and I believe in this coaching team that will get the best out of him. So he had a bad game. <laughs> yeah, so, that's it. Okay, so with the whole Brennan Johnson thing, we can kind of flip the narrative on that because <clears throat> I was the complete opposite of you when we signed. Massively, him. yeah, yeah. I was over the moon. Like to me, this kid reminded me of like young Bale with his pace 
and he's got a good finish on him. He reminded yeah. me of a young Deli Alley. He's got that just the smile and the love for pl- for playing football yeah. with a cheeky back heel or a little trick or something. So yeah. I'm looking at that and I'm going, oh my god, this is going to be amazing. Like this is the player that I genuinely like. Yeah, he's now signing for my club. This doesn't yep. happen often. Normally, if I no. like a player, they go and yep. sign for Arsenal or Chelsea. Yeah. Alexis Sanchez, I loved him at Barcelona and Inter Milan. Signed for Arsenal, devastated. <laughs> uh, Oxley Chamberlain, I loved yeah. Oxley Chamberlain at Southampton. Signed for Arsenal. Oh, yeah. you know. So the fact that this is a young, decent English uh, Welsh player, sorry, but young, yeah. young Welsh player who I really like, and I'm like, okay, we've signed him. This is brilliant. Yeah. Since he has joined us, yeah, he has not done the things that I thought he would. Yeah. Uh, for me, his main ability was that pure pace. Like he has a raw pace, and he yeah. really likes taking on a defender not because he will knock the ball and he will run round you like you're not even there. Do you think? He is suffering from nerves based on not long after joining us, he did his hamstring. Quite possibly. Um, For me, it's like, I think I messaged, I was talking to you about this over WhatsApp, I believe. Mm. Uh, When I was 16, 17, I was playing for a, a men's football team. Yeah. And I was the youngest and most lightweight in the squad. Yeah. So they tried bulking me up. But anyway, this you know this is amateur stuff. This isn't professionals. This is amateur stuff. Yeah. Uh, every training session, I used to have to wear a rucksack of sand. <laughs> okay. Um, with the idea, if it would bulk me up a bit, it would give me sports a bit more science strength. people. Sports oh, yeah. science. I was like one of the yeah. quickest people in the squad because I was so young. Yeah. But the wind would blow the wrong direction. I'd fall over mid-run. Yeah. So they wanted to bulk me up. So they used to make me run with a bag of sand on my back. Which obviously slowed me down completely. But yeah. over time, it built up some strength. Now, I watched Brennan Johnson play. And he yeah. reminds me of myself trying to run with the weights on my back. Like, he seems like yeah. he hasn't got... Something's like holding him back. Like, a ball goes, and you're like, oh, he's going to get onto that. Or he's one-on-one yeah. with the defender, and you're like, he's going to knock it and run. And he doesn't. Yeah. And I don't I know think... if it's a confidence of he's gone from... Yeah his boyhood club, so suddenly he's gone to a real big team. Is it a bit of a confidence thing of he needs that little bit of, I belong here. This is this is what I do. Is it yeah. nerves over the hamstring? I'm not sure, but he's um, not done what I expected yet. But same uh, as you. Not see, writing him off. See, see, it's unfortunate for me because he's done exactly what I expected, which is annoyingly yeah <laughs> so like when we had this conversation when we started like and this is why people keep reminding me it's like oh you said this you called this and i'm like yeah i don't mean i'm happy about it <laughs> yeah like, well, i haven't started, got to like, put a load of money on the fact you'd only have one yeah, assistant i know games. it's yeah. like yeah I, I i didn't i didn't like say at the time like i hope he shits to prove me right <laughs> it's like yeah and i don't think he is that by the way but i think what doesn't help him in that game against manchester united is that new signing Timo Werner was running in behind and was doing all the things we've all been expecting to see from Johnson. Yeah. And you're kind of and it was like a real interesting comparison where you got both of them who were absolute speedsters and you're looking at it and you're going, Well he's doing it what's going on there? You know? Yeah. They moved they moved Wan Basaka to left back to go up against him 
And why on earth isn't he giving him the... You know, Van Bissaka's not left-footed. No. Why on earth are you not doing him on the outside? It's just like it was. It didn't make sense to me. It, it was. It was a strange thing. It just wasn't his day. And then when he did have a moment, it was like because he had this one moment. The ball went to him. And he had this first touch, and I was like, "Wow, that was incredible!" Took that ball under control. As if the ball was just behind him, and he kind of used the yeah. outside yeah, of yeah. the back heel yeah, to yeah, bring it in. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And you're like, "Wow!" He brought that into his stride, and then sort of fumbled it, and then didn't um, get onto then, it. And you're like. But you've got the pace to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, he's literally got the pace to just tap that to one side and go round them. Yeah. And if they bring you down there, that's a red. <laughs> so, yep. so it's, it's like you need to, you need, he needs to do that. And Mia, perhaps it is a confidence thing. Um, I, I think we'll, we'll we have need, to wait and see. Once Son's back and once the injuries are kind of ha yeah. ha ha injury crisis is over. Yeah, um, never going to happen. I, I don't think Johnson right now is a starting 11 player. I, no, I think you've not. got to be looking at our starting front three is Richarlison, Son, and Kulu. Decky, yeah. Uh, Decky, yeah. Um, they're going to be our front three. But then our next three, you're then looking at, you know, it's going to be Werner, Brian, and Johnson, for example. No, I think Brian needs to go I, <laughs> for, for me. Yeah, I mean... Here's uh, another one of these. I realise, I think it's just the number 11 shirt. Yeah. If you wear the number 11 for Tottenham, I'm determined you're going to be fantastic. <laughs> Doesn't always happen. No, I, I think the thing is, again, he's a player you can look at and think he's got a load of ability. Yeah. There's so much there, but it doesn't appear for me again, and this is my humble opinion, it doesn't appear to click for him in England. Whether it's the physicality, the pace of it, I'm not sure. But I have not seen anything from him in plenty of appearances, cameos, both as a sub and a start so far. At any point to go, oh, hang on, there, that's good. Okay, let's see if we can build on that. Yeah, um, there's I... just nothing like with, with Johnson. I am seeing things, and I think, okay, that's there's something there. He's putting some on. great balls into the box on occasion and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. With Brian, it seems to me that last bit isn't quite there. Like, yeah. I am. Brian. I am always one of the first people to kind of brush away the the physicality side of it. Yeah. Um, purely on the fact... We had Luka Modric, yeah. who was tiny and phenomenal. Aaron Lennon... With, with, with the greatest respect to the, every other footballer on the planet, I think Luka Modric is one of the smartest oh, gosh, footballers yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, um, like Messi and all these players, the, the thing that they have is time. Yes. And they give that to themselves with their movement. And also, and it is, I've seen a few people say this before, and it kind of sounds dumb, and I'm going to say it, and I could potentially sound dumb, not movement. Sometimes, just stand still. Let everyone else run off, and all of a sudden you're in space. Oh, 100%. Yep. And is yeah, and, and the ability and the the mental kind of capacity of Luka Modric. But um, going back to, sorry, David Silva and people David like that. Silva, and kind of Aaron Brian Lennon. Hill. Aaron Lennon for us was a, a, a very small, slight winger. I, I think I think the rapid. game doesn't really have traditional wingers anymore. No, that's I mean, the I don't thing. Think, I don't a, think Lennon really would suit Ange Ball. No, see, now. that's where I think Brian Gill's problem is. I think Brian Gill is an out-and-out winger. Yeah, and we do not play out and out wingers. So for that reason, I think yep, let's look at 
potentially moving him on and bringing in an inverted winger inside forward, that sort of thing. Yeah, um, it'd be interesting to see what happens because he seems determined to want to stay um, unless he can get a move back to Spain. Which is different um, to last year because last year he was all up for, I'm out, bye. I think the atmosphere around the club is very different. Um, yes. I think Ange has kept him very close with the first. I think everyone can see there's ability there. It's just whether that can translate to being able to perform on a level for for the Premier League. And also, if you're if you're looking at it from the point of view of, okay, this is someone who's going to be my squad rotation option, yep. What what is the drop-off? Because the drop-off from some people it is insane. Oh, like, yeah. Finishing, for example, I think Sonny is slightly slower than Werner. Um, I think Werner's pace uh, sort of equals that, but when it comes to finishing, you'd back Sonny all day over Werner. We, we, without even... You know, without even thinking about it, it's like, yeah, Sonny. It's just about oh, that. Gosh, so yeah. the drop-off there yeah. and the finishing ability is massive. But, you know, you only got to listen to the interviews with Werner where he's saying, I don't consider myself the nine anymore. I consider myself the creator. I w- yeah, of course I want to score goals. Everybody does. But I am going to use my abilities, my pace, my everything to create goals for the team. And that is the most important thing. Now, that interview he gave... I mean, I've, I'm aware this whole podcast has been a tangent now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this is what happens when you let me on it. Uh, yep. <laughs> um, but that interview that Timo Werner gave, that mm. changed my opinions of him in t- like instantly. Now, really? I was very excited for him to join us yeah. uh, because there is a heck of a player there. Yeah, yeah. And Agreed. at Chelsea, he didn't really hit the heights that they expected of him. Yeah, um, still still contributed a goal contribution, either an assist or a goal in one in two. Yeah, which is still, as we've just said about Richarlison yeah. and stuff, that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they signed him as a nine. They did, yeah. And he didn't get the goals they wanted. Um, yeah. We have signed him as, it kind of felt at first as, we've signed him to kind of sub in for Son while Son's away. Yeah. And then when Son comes back, it'll be interesting to see kind of how he fits in the rotation side of it. Yeah. Um, But I was very excited to sign him because of his pace and the way he plays and the way that Ange has has got us set up. For me, that was an exciting signing. Agreed. He then gave an interview and I've gone from being excited that he's joined to absolutely over the moon. Like, (laughs) this is a player who as a forward slash striker that he was, has yeah. turned around and gone, look, I'm older than I was when I joined Chelsea. My yeah. game has developed. I've now realised that actually my best attribute is my speed and yeah. therefore I'm going to beat a defender and put it on a plate for the guy in the middle. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. Okay. Yeah. That is a player. That is, that is a purely like selfless player. He understands, I'm really quick. This squad uses quick players to get in behind and square the ball. I can do that. Yeah. There's and none he of did this. do that. And he did that. He set up a goal in his first game. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. Okay, this is this is now a different signing to what I expected. And I'm actually more excited for it. Yeah. Yeah, and it is good. I mean, I, I, am, I am pleased. It's funny because he's a player... Um, I did the podcast with Polynesian Dan last week. Yes. And we didn't get around to talking about it, which we were both like, oh, crap, we forgot. 
Dan and me, a long, long time ago, before he went to RB Leipzig, Tottenham had the opportunity to buy Timo Werner from 9 million quid. But Daniel Levy being Daniel Levy, offered three. And he huh. went on to Leipzig and scored a hatful of goals, including one against us in the Champions League or a couple against us. Yeah. And, and he, he went really, really well. And then eventually went to Chelsea for big money and obviously his career then went on a bit of a decline. Yes. Now, me and Dan really rated him. He was a player that we both spotted. We both like that kid's pace, everything. He'll suit the way at the time that Argentinian bloke, whose name I've forgotten, was managing us. He'd be perfect. Didn't happen. Whatever. I think we got in voodoo. Um, oh, God. The class. The class yeah. that was. So, it, it just like one of those things that now, now he's joined us. It was like this kind of funny thing where it's like, bloody hell, you know, seven years too late. But <laughs> he's arrived. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and that's kind of funny. But we were both, I mean, me especially, really quite blown away by that deal. Because you look at what we can buy him for in the summer if it works out. And it's, a, it's, it's an option, not an obligation. So yeah. if all goes well, we're signing him for about 13, 14 million pounds. Which in the modern game is Shice, really. peanuts, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He his wages are that of a average Premier League player. You know, he's not earning in our top bracket anywhere near. Yeah. So none of it is a, like there's no risk in this deal at all. If he does brilliantly, and also listen to him, he doesn't sound like a guy who's thinking he's on loan for six months and then going back. He sounds like a guy who's joined us and will earn that deal. You yeah. listen to him talk He's about, talking like, about the here. project yeah. and winning trophies yeah. and stuff, yeah. and it's like, yeah, oh, he, he is he is talking about being here and earning that permanent move. I did and I see. Like that. I saw someone on the social media put on there. He does realize he hasn't signed a seven year deal, right? Yeah. Because he's talking like he signed yeah. a four or five yeah. year deal. Yeah. No, he, I he like is, that. Yeah, me too. I like I like the fact that he's got that belief in himself. It, you know. When he was at Chelsea, and the funny thing is, I saw Alistair Gold talk about this. Like, he missed a couple of chances against Man United, and immediately there were headlines and sneers and oh, people yeah. laughing at him. Yep. And he was like, "The thing that they're, they're like, people aren't really seeing is like he is getting into those positions, and you only you only got a, you know, if he scores in that game, like takes there was a chance he kind of snatched that a little bit." And there was another one which was a more difficult chance that, again, you know, possibly could have done better, but I, I'm not going to be too critical of him over it. Yeah. You look at that and you go, if he keeps doing that, it's the impact. Yeah, he might not score. He might not be as prolific as someone that's getting all these chances, but he is terrifying defenders. And if he keeps doing that, it's going to create space. Yep. And I'll tell you who I think had one of his better games for us, if not one of his best games for us, because of that, was Richie. Yes. I thought Richarlison was sensational against Manchester United. Not just because he got the goal, which he did, which is a really good header, a really good set piece. Yep. But because he, he was closing down like he always, you know, his work rate was excellent. He tracked back, which was excellent. His distribution hold-up play was excellent, which against Burnley was awful. Yeah. So hopefully someone fired into him over that and it got him focused. But having the Werner pace meant defenders had to step off because they knew if they pressed right up on Richie and he just clipped it over their heads. <laughs> you know? And yeah. you and I both know, and anyone who's watched Richarlison play, 
he's yeah, I'm going to say he's a Brazilian forward. He's got all the ability in the world just to clip the ball up in the air, dink, you know. Yeah. He's got all the, you know, it could look like the ball's not going to do anything. All of a sudden, he's backheeled it through a gap, you know, nutmeg. <laughs> and if you are a defender and all of a sudden you're thinking, right, I'll get tight to Richie, he can't hold the ball up well. Oh, crap, I can't do that because if he does get that ball over my head, Werner's in. <laughs> yeah. All day long, he's going to sprint past me. And that, I think all of these kind of things interlocked and benefited each other and will continue to benefit the front line. Um, you know, it's the sort of thing the Sonny being on the pitch does that to an extent because people are nervous of him. He's a world class player. Yeah. Um, and the thing so we've yeah, got now so... is we've now got three or four forwards and they can all play through the middle or on the left yeah. or on the right. Yeah. Yeah, and can, all of yeah. a sudden, all Ange needs to do now is say, right, you three are the forwards. Yeah. Go play football. Yeah. And if those three are kind of right, so, okay, <clears throat> the ball goes forward and Son makes the break through the middle and Richarlison drifts over to the left. Those two were starting to really do that. I, I yeah. think you noticed it as well. I noticed it. And you, you've got a centre-back who's being told, right, you need to mark Richarlison. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he's buggered off onto the left wing. As yeah, a centre back, yeah, you you're yeah you you can't go tracking him out there. No, you you even you if it's just switch. even if it is just that split second of a defender going, where's my man? That is potentially all you need for a, a striker like Son to have space to fire yeah. a shot. Is just that well, half a second of them going, where's my man? Ah, oh, Son scored. Yeah, Son Sonny has scored, and and yeah yeah I mean that is that is where we are going towards where we're not just one focal point to the team no but rather a set of forwards who can interchange and also the people you bring on can continue just continue that like there'd be no drop off like if you can imagine you face Sonny for 60 70 minutes you're knackered he's run in behind you constantly Sonny's going to go off for a rest and you're going to bring on Timo Werner who can do 100 metres in 11 seconds. That's Olympic sprinter level. Yeah. Uh, and and you're knackered. You know, and, You've just and you're done an hour at, against Son and you're going, yeah. oh my God, I've got half hour against that yeah. guy. Nah, yeah. nah, and, take me off. I'm injured. Hamstring, hamstring, yeah, take yeah, me exactly. off. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, cramp. <laughs> Ooh, it's a bad one. Yeah. Um, Speaking of cramp, by the way, Van der Ven going down, I, I, oh, I don't I think I I didn't breathe breathed. for about 30 no. seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like signaling to the bench and I'm like oh no oh no and then you saw the guy doing the cramp thing I was like oh thank you all of my gods yeah and he's doing the post-match interview and he's just like yeah and he, was, he looked almost embarrassed like he had this kind of smile like it was a really bad cramp I'm really oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't worry what happened it was cramp <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, you looked like, like you tore your hamstring again what happened yeah. no no I just felt a tweet yeah. sorry it, it hurt yeah. <laughs> you know uh, yeah. Um, so we we talked obviously we talked about the Man United game a little bit. Um, I, I felt we dominated that game. I felt uh, we were a little bit lucky not to concede a late goal, which would have been really unjust. But that's football. Yeah. Um, but but we were also a little bit unlucky that some of the chances we created weren't tucked away. So I didn't feel a, uh, I felt I didn't feel a draw was unfair. I would have obviously liked all three points. We always do. Yeah. But I, I think a point away in Man United. When you look at us this season and the style of football, sport. yeah, yeah, and the style of football we're playing, regardless of who's playing it, we have gone away to Man City, Arsenal, and Manchester United, and we've not lost. Yep, I, I think that is a record we should all be quite proud of, or yeah. quite pleased because, you know, 
it's, it's gone away. Sorry, not Liverpool. Um, it was somebody else I was thinking of. But Arsenal. Sorry, yeah, Arsenal, Man City, and Man United. We've gone away to. Yes, and we've not lost. And you um, think so, we've yeah. not had our first choice, as they say, since that Chelsea game. Ugh, and we yeah, are still, and we are still right up there. Yeah, we are, we are, so, and we're, and we're wow. playing well. The, the squad are all bought in, and everyone's playing well, and I'm pleased. We've not lost um, three players and suddenly gone, right, okay, lads, play five at the back, let's try not to get beaten every week. Yeah, And I just mean, gone, oh, we've lost five players, six players. Okay, yeah. you know how we play. The, yeah, the other thing play, about mate? the Man United game, which was interesting because the news didn't come out until after the game, is the sickness that ripped through the club. Yes. So a load of players out ill all week, hardly trained, Decky tried to push himself and then like basically collapsed. And they're like, no, you, you can't. Yeah. So we ended up with a bench of youth players, two goalkeepers and one short. Yes. That's how depleted we are. Yeah. That's that's how crazy it is. Uh, we touched on Werner signing. Uh, we also signed another player, crazily, and as Radu Dragushin. His name is pronounced Dragushin, not Dragusin, like I've been saying. Yeah, so I, I just call him Radu because I find that's easier. Yeah, Dragushin. Um, he is young, 21 years old, um, been in Italy a long time, learning from some of the very best defenders in the world. Let's face it, Italian football defenders are some of the best <laughs> that you're going to find uh, from a coaching standpoint and everything. Yeah. Um, he's really had a great season at Genoa in their promotion campaign and started this season very, very well. Um, he was sold to them by Juventus, uh, so a certain Paratici, uh, yes, he was involved yet again. <laughs> so that's uh, the now consultant, the Romero, consultant. Decky, yeah. Bentoncourt, Radu. They've all got the yeah, links to Juventus. They, they? they, they, they have, yes, yeah, so all, all quite heavily linked there. Um, Juventus had a sell on as well. I, I just, I just kind of looked at it and thought there's something so incestuous about all of this but I'm not going to think about it yeah. um, he has all the attributes based on our new metrics and our new scouting to really fit in and play Angeball I saw a lot of stuff being written about oh he plays part of a three uh, how's he going to play as part of a two etc without a shadow of doubt there's going to be an adjustment he's moved to England but what I liked is Ange is bringing him on straight away to get some minutes yeah like, okay, come on now, come on now. I've got faith in you. You know, it was too, too. It was so easy for him to be like, "Oh, you know, we're trying to see this game out or anything." He just yeah. doesn't think that way. Um, so straight away, you've arrived. Let's get you on a pitch. You're now in England. You've played at Old Trafford. You know, great. There you go. Those minutes ticked. Our next game is Man City in the FA Cup. He's probably going to get minutes in that game as well. <laughs> you know, so so it's kind of. Um, uh, let him settle. Welcome, welcome the squad. I mean, you know, Timo Werner had two training sessions with the squad, um, and then came on and did really well. Dragushin had less, and they came on and just looked accomplished. Yeah. So yeah, um, I I think look, it's two signings we made. Will they make an impact? I hope so. Um, our scouting and our recruitment has improved massively. Um. The guy chose us over Bayern Munich. His agent's a gobby git, but we're just going to try to ignore him because if you listen to the player, listen to the player's family, they are, this is a dream for them. This is yeah. a special thing. Uh, there was some really nice stuff where someone videoed his brother watching his debut, basically looking really emotional. 
Yes. Um, which, I, which, which is great. Um, so, again, this continues the theme of we are assigning people who want to join us. They're not like stepping zone. His agent says we are, but let's ignore that mouthy idiot and hope that he fires him <laughs> and appoints yeah. somebody else. We've got another one um, of those coming in going, yeah, yeah, but he wants to go to Man City. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah no no i'm good he's like oh i can't believe he turned down byron but you know he's a man of his word and he gave his word to tottenham and now he's given an interview basically just like no you know i wanted to play in the premier league yeah and tottenham have been interested in me for quite a while you know and i yeah this this is where i want to be um, i spoke to the manager which is a running theme for all these players that's you know, something this, i want to talk about actually be. with that okay just how nice is it that all these players that have joined recently or that all of them are speaking about the fact that, yeah, I had one conversation with the manager and that was it. I knew what I was, my place was and I signed. Yeah. And then Ange comes out and it's like, nah, it's nothing to do with me, mate. I'll just, I'll just tell them what's going on. It's up to them. (laughs) Well, well, he's right. I mean, this, this is the thing is like Madison's one is, is to me was the, the great example where Ange said to him, said, whether you join us or not, you're going to see a very different Tottenham. Like, this this is going to be my Tottenham playing front foot, attacking football. Yeah. You can be part of that or not. That's that's up to you. But regardless if you join or not, we are going to be a different team. Yeah. And Madison was like, oh, bloody hell, what do you mean if, <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a different sales pitch. Normally I'm used to... We need you. You're gonna be so essential to us. You're gonna be the main man, and Angela's like, "Yeah, I want you." But regardless of you joining, this is what it's gonna be. Yeah, and you're either gonna score like, for me yeah. or we're gonna score against you. You choose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Matters was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'm up for that. I want that." Yeah. yeah. Um. All the all the rumors are that we actually have Mrs. Madison to thank for his move to us because she wanted to live in London. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, regardless. Either way, um, don't care. Yeah. Either way, don't care. Um, but yeah, every single player who's signed has talked about speaking to the manager and having this feeling of knowing exactly what's expected of them, knowing exactly the standards, knowing exactly like there's no grey area. There's no sort of, this is what I expect. This is what I want from you. This is why I am keen to sign you. Yeah. But And this is the thing, like Anne said in this interview with Rio Ferdinand, he turned down a player that the club had lined up in the summer because when he spoke to him, he felt like the guy was just treating Tottenham as a stepping stone. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, that's not it. He's like, you you want to come to this club, this great club, all the history, all the modern facilities, everything that we've got going for us, you come here because you see Tottenham as the place to be. Um, you know, Vicario in his interview recently, and he's talking about how he would have walked to England to sign the deal if he had to. Yeah. Like, you know, it just, that's what, you, that's what you want. These players who are seeing Tottenham as not like, oh, I'll go to Tottenham for a couple of years, then I'll go to Man City or I'll go to Real Madrid. No, they're seeing it as I'm going to go to Tottenham and I'm going to achieve something. Now, Tottenham is yeah. a destination. Do we know who it was he was talking to Rio Ferdinand about? Uh, is there no, kind of a... there, there is a... There are several people it could be, mm. and there are several people who are very well connected with the club, who, and I've been given different answers. Oh, okay. So I, don't, so I don't think anyone actually knows. My suspicion, it was a central defender. I think it was the guy in Germany who was playing for Leverkusen. Um, because uh, yeah. we were we were very very 
close. We were very, very, you know, that was all the thing. And then all of a sudden that went very quiet. He he then signs a new deal and we signed Mickey van der Ven. That was it, yeah. And so that's why I think it might be that way. Because the other guy the, everyone thinks it could have been was David Rea, the goalkeeper. But that deal kind of never got past. How much do you want? Really? Okay, goodbye. And my <laughs> gosh, have we got the better deal out of that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's, and that's why people, I think, need to start changing their mindset. Not looking at the fees and what we're spending but looking at how we're spending it and what we are doing right now. Yeah. We have had some awful windows and our recruitment has been terrible for a long time. Yep. But let's focus on what's happening right now and the changes that have been made to our recruitment. And we are seeing the benefits of that right now. But you're also seeing the benefits of good recruitment mixed with good coaching. Because a lot of these players were recruited for Conte, Sar, Basuma, and then under Ange, they look great signings. Yeah. But under Conte and under somebody else, they possibly won't. So it has to be a combination. Get your recruitment right, but also get the coaching right. And right now, we're ticking both those boxes. No, I agree. I, I do agree with you. Um, Basuma yeah. is a different player. I mean, Basuma at the start of the season <clears throat> was a different player. Yeah, I'm I mean, he's had a, he's he had a dip in form. Afcon and carries on yeah. as the original Basuma, not the last... Yeah, he opened start. his his nation opened with a two 0 win over South Africa, so they've opened well. Um, Mali, yeah. um, I think Senegal won as well, but uh, Papa Sarr didn't get off the bench. Amazing to me, but if he has a nice rest whilst he's there, I'm not going to mind. Yeah. Um, and sunny South Korea in the Asia Cup, they open with a three one win as well. So all good for the Tottenham players away. Uh, mate, we're going to wrap it up here because me and you could talk Tottenham for another two hours, but poor people had fall asleep i know we didn't even um, get onto the loans and everything else no we didn't um oh let's just do this really quickly then um because otherwise i'll be annoyed at myself so sergio region is coming he's back from united but he has agreed yeah. today for a medical at brentford yep fantastic signing for brentford i think there because again me and you have spoken about Reggie, and he is an out-and-out fullback. He's not an inverted fullback. No. And Brentford haven't actually had a left wing, uh, left fullback for most of the season due to injuries. So that is a great sign for them, and he should get a lot of minutes there. Yeah, and be interesting to see if he can earn himself a move because under Ange, he's not he's not part of our plans. No. Uh, um, Jafet Tanganga. I'll- yeah, Tanganga went to Augsburg in Germany, newly promoted side. Their coach played a back five, three central defenders, wanted Jaffet there for that. Um, Jaffet arrived, got injured, um, was out for a month. During that month, this team didn't win a game and they sacked the coach. The new coach came in and plays a back four with two central defenders and Jaffet finds himself fifth choice because of the players who are already at the club. Yeah, so he'll be um, back to us. So, so we are. We didn't have a termination agreement with Augsburg, so we've had to negotiate it. Obviously, they were keen to offload him because he's just surplus. Yeah. Um. But we've they had an option to buy him, so we had to negotiate that. Um. That's not been finalised yet, as the time of recording, as far as I'm aware. But it, it would appear he's coming back, and we have lined up a championship loan for him. Uh. But again, that's that's speculation at the moment. Um, the other thing that's happening today is Alfie Devine has been recalled from his loan at Port Vale in League One. Yep. 
Um, he's had an excellent loan there, constant game time, played really well. appearances for Port Vale. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fans really took to him there. He's been great. Uh, we are sending him out now for the second half of the season to the Championship, where he'll be joining fellow Academy member Ashley Phillips at Plymouth Argyle. Um, so it's a nice Phillips, step up for him. Yeah, and Phillips made his debut for Plymouth and was excellent. Uh, there's a clip going around from Soccer Saturday or whatever it's called now where the pundit at the game said, remember this name, this kid's going to be a superstar. And that was Ashley Phillips. Boom! So that's not too bad then. Not too bad at all, but yeah, that's that's all happening today. There, there's, there's a lot of movement when it comes to loans and stuff like that. There's a few members of the under-21 squad that I know there are a lot of discussions about currently. Uh, potential loans but also because of how depleted the first team squad is there's a little bit of kind of selfishness from the club as well of uh, we want to keep you around (laughs) people Um, like Alfie Dorrington who could really do with like a championship or league one loan um, but at the same time he's on our bench a lot at the moment yeah Dorrington is a player where there is a certain belief within the coaching set where they want to keep him around at the moment yeah Um, you go out because you need first team minutes and stuff like that, but right now they feel like he is developing rapidly under the coaching and working day in, day out with Romero and people like that. I mean, that's which, not which a bad great. thing, is it, at all? It's not a bad thing. So so keeping around, of course, if a really great option pops up for a loan, then you might well see that happen. Yeah. Um, but anyway, mate, it's time to wrap it up. Um Massive thank you to everybody for listening, as always. Uh, We'll be back next week. Until then, as always, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show. Stay up to date with all things Tottenham. Follow us on social media. All links are in the podcast description.